Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 162 of the Dance Speak podcast with Cultura. I originally met Cultura in LA. We're going to get into it years ago. And one thing that I have always known about her is that she is excellent at being authentically herself and successful in her journey. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this conversation. Before we start, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Dance Speak Podcast. Again, that's Dance Speak Podcast. Screenshot this, share with your friends, share with your community, tag us so we can thank you. Also, be sure to follow us on YouTube. Just put in Dance Speak Podcast as you'll get some visuals from each episode. Before we get into the episode, let's talk about my course, Fit From Home. Moving your body is essential, we know that. Exercise, oh my God, by the way, I just finished a course on the anti-aging benefits of exercise. Amazing. But anywho, exercise is essential, and especially if you are a dancer, whether you're looking to try different forms of cross-training or at stage one of how do I train my body for dance, this is for you. Even if you just want straight up a good workout, also for you. I take my background as a personal trainer with experience in functional fitness, and I put it into these videos. You can do every single one of these workouts with zero equipment if you choose, all you need is your body. And I designed this program so you can do it from anywhere, at home, the gym, the park, a hotel room, basically anywhere that people will leave you alone for long enough or just have them join. The workouts also include a video on form so you don't hurt yourself, no one wants that. But most importantly, each of these workouts is fun and you'll feel so much better after you're done. And that rhymes also. You can find out more about Fit From Home by going to my website, gogalit.com, G-O-G-A-L-I-T, and clicking on the button that says online fitness course or by referring to the show notes. And without any further ado, do the episode. Hey guys, my name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. So carnival, I'm just going to jump right into it. Let's do it. Yay. I say yay also because I'm excited because you never know until the interview usually. You know what I'm talking about? Totally. Like some people just suddenly like freeze up and... It's true. No, I think in the beginning when I was first start like doing interviews, yeah, so nervous. And talking about yourself too is awkward, but now I'm like... What do you want to know? <laughs> All the details. Oh my God, I love it. This is a dream. Okay, dope. <laughs> With Carnival. <laughs> Here we go. I have to get this out. I feel like my dance life in LA, even though I'm still here, mm-hmm. is like this distant memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, am I ever going to go back to certain parts of it? And I don't know the answer in the pandemic, especially. So different. So different. I moved to Miami like four years ago. Mm-hmm. LA was a totally different thing. How is it different then? Because I've been around the incremental changes. And then I'm going to like ask you about your life story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like, I mean, the training, obviously, the people that are here, the people that are teaching, I think everything, the the culture is so different. And I think in part, well, big part is social media, TikTok. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's so different. I feel feel more people move into Miami now than to LA. Interesting. Yeah. 
I because I'm here, I don't notice the differences as much. It's like if you leave for even a few months, there's a whole new rotation of dancers. Exactly. Yeah, and it feels natural if you're if you're here, if you haven't left. But when I come back, I feel like it's totally different. Well, now it's weird because I'm like, I'm not old, not to old shame, but like, I'm not old. And now I'm dance wise, a, such a different generation. 100%. Which is just, and so I'm like, damn, I don't want to be the like, well, back in my day, like, let me tell you Honestly, about Honestly, that's how I feel. <laughs> really? I really do feel, I'm like, I can't relate to the early 20s dancers and 19 year olds. I'm like, it's just a totally different thing. But I mean, it's an exchange. I learn from them too. Yeah. So what are some things that you've been learning from the new generation? Oh, TikTok dances? No, okay. I don't know. No, <laughs> I think um, their mindset is so different. They're so much more mature than I feel like I was. Really? Yeah, there's so much more knowledge at such a early age, I feel like, for the dancers, you know? I don't know. Like, they're so aware. They're so aware of everything that goes on. Like, I don't know. When I was 20, I just feel like I was like, uh, I guess I want to dance. Like, there's, like, 20-year-olds that are just so on it, I feel like. Mm. I don't know. There's just a lot more knowledge being shared, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel kind of like I'm in a corner now. I've been podcasting, and I've been working with the WNBA, and, like, kind wow. of have found my, my niche. And so I when I come up for air, I'm actually, I feel disconnected. Totally. When I take class, like, once every two months. <laughs> When I take class, like, maybe I'll see one familiar face. And then we're like, oh, we remember each other. Oh, yeah. When I was just here and I taught at Team Millie, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone in the room. When I take your class, like, if I'm rusty, will I die and will I cry? Will I... Uh, no, it's okay. I might die and you cry. You might die and cry. Just know <laughs> I'll be holding it down <laughs> either in a corner or probably in the corner because I'm too short to not be in the front. So I apologize. How, well, how do you feel about that? Because I, I took a class before winter break and I was like, I just need to dance. And I tried to get second row, but I ended up being front row. It's a teacher who is like, just be clean. Right, like you're like, yeah, just do it. And I was literally physically just dying, but wanted to get class in and could tell, or my story is that he was pissed off <laughs> that I was like, no not on it i was trying but no, my, no. like the line wasn't no it was a curve i feel like sometimes people focus teachers focus on the wrong thing class is just about your students mm. they're the ones that are paying it's not about you it's not about you getting your choreo out it's not about you showing it's about you teaching the people that are in the room which is why i prefer making up the routines in my classes like i usually back home in miami i don't prepare my my classes i don't have anything i just put the music on i play it and i'm like all right let's go and I look at the room, I see how they're feeling, what they need, and I structure the routine based off of who comes to class. That's feels dope. more personal. That's so dope. Yeah. yeah. With LA, it just sometimes feels like, I'm just complaining now, so I hope you're okay no. with <laughs> I just feel like I take class and I want to work from where I'm at that day. Like I genuinely, I want to do my best and I realize it's cute if I think my best is going to look like a year ago, two years ago, or when I was training harder. Right. And so I'm there at my best for that day. And I feel like sometimes just suffocating over how much it needs to be perfect. Totally. I mean, there's a lot of pressure here. Yeah. In class, it feels like, whoa, I'm intense like, here. It doesn't feel like that in Miami. Ooh. It feels like you're just like, you know, it's LA. LA's always, I feel like LA always feels like that since I started when I was 13, a millennium in the dome. Like it always just felt like, oh my God, so much pressure. So I want to know exactly that what okay so i met you pro- mm-hmm. i don't know how many years ago i don't know six seven eight probably nine years ago honestly or something. yeah 
easily i think it was just we were like both were into like house and whacking i think yeah. and we would go to the freestyle yep. stuff yeah and so i don't remember i think we just were crossing mm-hmm. paths that way yeah and i remember i'd see you perform like as an artist mm-hmm. i would see you dance i'd see you choreograph i remember seeing a post like all right i'm leaving going back to florida i think yeah and so that's my only view so i'd love to know before then yeah your dance story leading up to this, what it was like being here, pursuing dance, and then your choice to go home. Wow. So... <laughs> your whole life story. I, well, I started dancing in, um, when I was 13. I started with locking, actually, here, because I grew up here. But, you grew um, up in L.A.? Yeah. I thought you were from Miami. Born in Miami. Moved here when I was eight. Oh, my God. And then, so all my training and everything is here in L.A. Locking, popping, and then when I was in middle school, I was doing a little bit of jazz. In high school, did the ballet thing musical theater it wasn't until I graduated like 18 19 years old that I actually was like committed to training but at the same time I was doing music so that's why you saw me do music and then dance and all the things because yeah. I was doing all the things at once and yeah that's when I started training in like house whacking hip-hop more commercial stuff but I was always more enamored with the freestyle scene I just mm-hmm. felt like that was more expressive because I felt I felt like choreo came easier to me you know like watching someone and just imitating but that freestyle was like, oh, that's where the challenge is. That's, that's what I want to train in that. So that's what, that was more my direction. And then started choreographing, doing all these like little showcases. And then, yeah, and then I moved to Miami. Um, I was already choreographing when I was living here, like choreographing jobs in Miami. And it was just kept, kept getting pulled in that direction. And then I was like, let's just go. Let's do it. Because I wanted, I wanted to do the Latin market. And mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in L.A. We do all of our music videos, award shows, tours, all the artists work out of Miami. Mm-hmm. because it's closest to latin america and then the caribbean mm-hmm. and so honestly it's been great it's been really really great because the pool is very small yeah Miami. yeah it's like there's like four choreographers damn i've heard that i've heard that with dancers that mm-hmm. like that's a, it's a great market to break into and yeah. get tons of experience mm-hmm. and i'm like damn tons. i wish i would have known that at 19 so i could experience that weather and <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain. I love it. Uh, yeah. And I so do. do you have family there? Yeah. I have aunts, uncles, cousins. And did you feel like you were, how do I say, like you had put in so much time and work and memories in LA. And so this is me asking as someone who's been here way longer than I ever thought, like, how did you know? And did you feel like you were giving up anything here? Mm-mm. Damn. No. I think it's I had 17 years here, you know. Mm. Grew up here, went to school here, did all the things. And I, I didn't really want to be a dancer like that, mm-hmm. even though I had work and stuff. I really wanted to choreograph and do music. And that was where it was happening for me in the market that I wanted, which was the Latin market. So I felt like, if anything, excited and like ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's so dope. And then how did you build your career mm-hmm. or how did the steps go when you like, start? Yeah. When I moved. You take a plane to Miami. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd already done... Wisin Yandel, which are like OGs in the reggaeton world. I'd already done like a, brought in as like a guest choreographer for them. So I kind of already so had dope. connections, stuff like that. And then when I moved there, coincidentally, um, I got asked because of that job to assist a choreographer and then the choreographer couldn't do it. And then I became their choreographer. Dope. And then from there, it just kind of like trickled down and then hasn't stopped really, which oh has been God. great. Yeah, I like, I love mm-hmm. seeing that. I love... I've always been fascinated by all the ways you can branch out of dance, doing your own damn thing, mm-hmm. especially as a woman, because I, <sighs> it's hard, <laughs> it's hard, yeah, it's hard, right. and then I also, I saw you've been working with Maluma, yeah, he's like my most, 
Yeah, that's like my main artist, I would yeah. say. Um, he's been great. It's been three years with him, and it's been a growing experience in many ways. A lot of like interesting challenges, but like, I don't want to say challenges of anything. It's like opportunities to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on any of them? Sure, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't choose the dancers um, because he's pretty particular with what he wants, and so Mm -hmm. he kind of does that. And so working with people I don't know that maybe don't dance my styles, and so learning how to make them look great but also show my work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Be true to myself and not kind of, like, just do what looks good on them. Finding that balance for me. That's a tough one. Tough, yeah. But I kind of feel like I figured it out a little bit, and it's been a good challenge because that's, I think... I tell my dancers, I'm like, you can't love the industry if you don't love the hard parts. Because it's mostly hard. <laughs> so if you only love this idea of it being good all the time, then you don't really understand what you're getting into. Because most of the time, it's situations that are not ideal. Mm. And you have to enjoy that. And that's where I thrive. I thrive under pressure. I thrive in the moment where they're like, change this. And I'm like, okay, got it, let's go. But if you're not, if you're a person that's not malleable, it's going to eat you alive. As a choreographer, as a dancer, as any, any kind of artist. I feel like most artists are that way. They want it to be just as, as they pictured it 99% of the time. There's too many moving parts. It's going to be not what you thought. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be flexible. But he's been great. He's like the one that if he's doing an award show, he'll fly me to where the award show is instead of using the house choreographer. And he'll let us bring dancers. And he'll. the team's really great. Honestly, it's been like such a great blessing. He's the reason I was able to pay rent during the pandemic. So. Oh my God. And then like secretly, but not secret, I'm going to share a confession now. I fell into, I don't fangirl over a lot of people, but I fell into a fangirl Maluma hole specifically during the pandemic. I was like, I'm intrigued. I feel inspired by this person's essence. And it's like not normally me. And I had a lot of fun being like telling my friends, I have a new Instagram boyfriend. Yeah. I might sound so crazy, but you got to live a little. No, I agree. And he is so sweet. So kind. When he can, he comes to rehearsal, you know, and he's a busy person, but he's so sweet. And he's younger than me by like five years. So he feels like he reminds me of my younger brother a lot. Oh, I usually don't go younger for the record. Okay. (laughs) This is an exception. Yeah. No, he's so great, honestly. And he has like an insane career and trajectory and he's so young. So if anyone doesn't know who he is, like look him up. Maluma. From Colombia. Colombia megastar. Yeah. He's a movie with JLo coming out on Valentine's Day. I actually know the person who wrote the comic that it's based on. That's oh, based on a comic? I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Unless oh. I'm getting it wrong or like a short, like a graphic novel or oh, something. Okay. And it's somebody who I worked a side job at Dodger Stadium wow. for years. And so you kind of meet the people that just hang out there. And there was this guy, Bobby Crosby, who donated to the podcast, just so oh, supportive. Cool. He, w- he like was really good at catching the foul ball. He has a YouTube channel and following that's like huge. Just this unassuming person oh, with wow. this niche audience. And we stayed in touch. He's like so nice. And then he shared that they had bought his story that's going to be a J-Lo movie. Wow. Unless it's the wrong one. <laughs> Unless I'm talking about a different J-Lo but movie. Either way. That's it might really be one cool. that just came out or one that's coming out Valentine's Day. That's yeah, that's so it's about about. like an unlikely love story. Yes. Look at all you. connected. All oh, connected. So yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, he's got a song with Madonna. I mean, he's yep. got a lot of things. It's just he's not into like the he doesn't wear chains. He's not into like flashy stuff and flexing like he's got it. Mm hmm. But that's not his essence. He's very like he feels very European to me. Like just like <laughs> can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. <laughs> But it's great. I, I appreciate that so much. 
I'm always interested with anyone who does excels at their field greatly as you do. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the what are the things about them that are surprising? What mm. are the things where you're, or any moments where you're like, oh, that's what makes them them? Totally. I feel like for him and anyone in general, it's your authenticity, mm. being genuine. Like he's so genuine. I love that because it's always I feel like there's sometimes a sense that you have to conform or become something, whether it's for social media. Exactly. No. He's not, oh no, he don't do that. He'll be in rehearsal with like some basketball shorts, a t-shirt and hat. Like honestly, like the same thing I'm wearing like right now. Like, like you two are twinning. Honestly. <laughs> and sometimes we have the same hair color and I'm like, please. <laughs> but um, super like, because I've worked with several Latin male artists mm-hmm. and they, it's flex city all the time. <laughs> it's all the chains. It's all the entourage. And he just like comes in like, hey guys, what's up? Let's go. Meanwhile, so famous so, so like famous. houses all over the world i mean what he could flex so hard yeah never does never does i like that and that it just makes me love him more and he loves what he does i think that that is the energy that i love too as an artist that loves what they do like he on stage shines like you mm. could tell that he loves what he's doing you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. oozing out of him not like oh, i'm just chilling singing whatever the audience what's up yeah right, peace out he's like connect so cry on stage all the time so i love cute. that and then is there any time that you've been made to feel like you need to change anything about yourself or like you have oh, to all the time yeah so tell me that because you're so like i'm just i i completely realize i'm sharing with you things as a complete like outsider third person perspective mm-hmm. but you've always seemed so in yourself and in your style mm-hmm. yeah i have i mean mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a like a change you know ever-evolving journey but I've always been kind of made to feel like um that you need to be more feminine the basic thing and I feel like that's so like are you joking are you joking (laughs) especially when I was pursuing more heavily music um a lot of labels and management would tell me like oh you know just start out a little bit more feminine and then we can kind of like ease into I'm like no so it was an easy no easy no not Mm. happening not it's a non-negotiable for me um just because i feel like that's so trivial that's so silly and there's so many male artists that look insane can i (laughs) wait can we talk about that like i'll just look at any if i'm looking at an award show music video and let's take an example like Nicki minaj Mm -hmm. has gotten everything done and i'll say it feels like in the male gaze Mm -hmm. right the boobs the butt the face the teeth the and then i'll see like what's his face Post Malone? Yes. That's so funny. I always think about him when I have this conversation. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's I just always the think, juxtaposition. Because like, really? he can look however. Right. But girls, okay, cool. And it's like there's no small disparity around it. It's no, the it's biggest... so true. No, it is. Guys can look however. Yeah. And then girls, it's like, oh, it's just... It's because management and label try to have this conversation like, like, no, you just have to understand that like, you know, like the market and right. the people. And I'm right. like, you're talking shit right now like actual shit because none of that is true people actually really don't care about that actually actually they don't so i don't know where you're getting this information from but it's wrong i love that people love relatable authenticity you know people love that especially now mm-hmm. silly but yeah i struggle with that a lot and then i'm sorry to hear that i feel you like on a in many different ways from movement quality to how i run my podcast I feel like it gets challenged a lot to what I wear when I go outside of the house to what I wear to bed. Sometimes I'm like, am I supposed to be wearing something more feminine to bed? Oh my God. I know. 
And then when you were auditioning as a dancer, Mm -hmm. how was that? I didn't do it much just because I was doing music, but when I did, I was auditioning with the boys. Mm -hmm. Except for one audition, I went with the female dancers because my agent was like, don't worry, just go with the girls. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And they're like, yes. I was like, okay. And I went, you know, how I dress. And the room was like full of all these like, you know, beautiful, the typical leggings and the crop top thing and I'm in my like fucking like button down short sleeve t-shirt and some jeans and some sneakers stood out like a sore thumb but I ended up getting the callback <laughs> so the callback was like heels and I told my agent I was like are you sure <laughs> they're like don't worry about the heels and I was like all right I didn't bring heels now it's like down to like you know because it was for I think America's Got Talent or something so it's like all the best dancers all the girls you mm-hmm. know and the callback looking great whatever and it's just like me not in a heel not in a heel no um and i ended up like this story's so funny because it's like you think i'm gonna go and then i booked it and then i got to do my own thing but i did book an episode um but it was like a freestyle so there was no rehearsal and i didn't in retrospect i should have asked more questions about what it was exactly and i would have prepared myself or just turned it down but i was like okay cool it's like a cuban episode you want like latin whatever you saw me at the audition you know what's good I get to set, and it was a day of filming because it was just freestyle. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe hands me my outfit, and it was like booty shorts <laughs> and heels and a crop top, and I'm on America's Got Talent in the booty shorts and crop You top. did it? Because it was like, wow, I am like here. Like I, I almost feel like I, I couldn't say no. Cause it I was understand. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I didn't no, I've been like, in that. To be it, professional. Yep. I had to wear it like a glove, so um, that happened. But either way, the first part of the story is because, you know, I came to that audition, I made the callbacks, and I made it all the way through being myself. I didn't have to wear what the girls were wearing. Right. So. It's interesting also, like, the lack of thought. It's a gray area because I, I came up, we probably both did, like, with you make it work. You say yeah. yes, and you make it work, and you say thank you. But I sometimes wish that they would actually have the consideration, like, hey, a butt cheek to two are going to be out. If yeah. you're not comfortable, this might not be the job for you. And Absolutely. I've, I've had that before where I come to set for the music video and it was like just like a, a movie or some shit. And they I literally asked, where's the rest of it? I wasn't even being cute. And they were like, this is it. And I felt so demeaned. It was like one of the yeah. one of the pivotal points when I decided I have to be willing to say no. I have to be willing to have this not be my profession mm-hmm. because I I just feel cheap. It's totally. not me. Of course, you have to stay true to yourself. But it's hard. You know, it is super hard. So many times when I first moved to Miami, too, I had to be like, yeah, because I did, you know, most of the jobs that I do in Miami, I mean, all I'm the choreographer and I don't really dance anymore. But if I do dance, I'm like, y'all know what time it is. Y'all know me by now. It's been years. I've been here for a minute. And sometimes I still have to be like, I don't know what that crop top is doing on my hanger, (laughs) but you need to finish the shirt. (laughs) And they're like, "Okay, okay, okay, fine. They don't fight me anymore because they know. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> but it took a second. Auditioning with the boys, is that something that, like, no question asked you started doing? Or did it feel bold at the beginning? Yeah, um, no, it was always kind of a thing for me. Because I never actually booked as female, ever. My first jobs were just kind of, like, no female-male separation. It was just kind of, like, dancers. Okay. And then I just kind of got to wear, like, dance clothes. So it wasn't, like, super in any direction. And then when I did Ari, it was, I didn't know it was an all-male audition. I just, they sent me, hey, the audition is tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was only boys there. And I was like, oh, cool. It was kind of a no-brainer for me. 
you know, because I was doing music. And when you're an artist, you know, you have a, a look and, a, and you're selling this brand. So I felt like, well, if I'm dancing, I can't change the brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to be consistent. And so I knew it wasn't a, yeah. That's so dope. I remember seeing that you posted, I swear I'm not like a stalker. I just yeah, come no. to my feed. And I thought that was dope because I hadn't seen that before. Like mm -hmm. I hadn't seen that before because everything until now, things I'd still say are super gendered and then it's a super statement if it's not gendered or if you're right. switching or anything like that. So I hadn't seen that and I thought this is so dope. It's a mainstream artist. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard it. And I'm like, and this works. And I just feel like I haven't seen that before. Totally. Were there any challenges with that? No. No. I wish I was taller. I've had wardrobe put a, a lift foam in my yeah. shoes. <laughs> and they were cool about it. But no, I mean, the only thing that I felt is I, I felt, truthfully, that I didn't get the, the recognition, not just for me, but for the impact that it would have had at the, for the community. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. Now I'm getting it like four or five years later now that I do these interviews. But at the time on stage, you know, I think reporters are allowed the first three numbers or something to write the articles in each city. Oh, okay. And they never knew that there was a woman on stage. They thought, oh, Ariana's 10 male dancers. And so it was kind of like... <laughs> so I never got, like, that moment of, like, oh, I'm doing this. Like, dancers knew, and if you followed me, but, like, the world at large had no idea that Ari had a female dancer on that tour. But it's okay. It feels good to give a... I'm not promoting an album, but I'm giving a message. Um, so thank you so much for listening. We are giving a quick mid-roll shout out request opportunity. This is the love of my life, this podcast, and we are almost at six years. Thank you to everyone who supports with listening and sharing. And it ain't free to produce this podcast. So if you feel it in your heart, even if it's just a $1 holla or $100 or $1,000 or $1 million or $2, okay? We are open for donations. So you can send us a donation nice and easy through Venmo or PayPal. All you have to do is donate to dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com because it'll ask you to fill in email or contact, dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. And again, even if it's just like a dollar, it still makes a difference. I promise it does. So thank you for listening to my quick spiel. And oh, wait a second. Last thing. Last, last thing. I promise. My people in LA. Are you in LA during February? Because I am so excited to be teaching Stretch and Strength at T. Millie Studio. I'm teaching Stretch and Strength every Wednesday in February at 1 p.m. It is a dope class, all levels. We have a blast and I also give a lot, a lot of insights on cross training and proper stretch technique and proper strengthening technique and happiness. If you want to be kept in the loop on these offerings, just follow me on Instagram at gogalit, G-O-G-A-L-I-T. Okay, back to you. And then I feel mixed whether I ask the next thing, so please feel free to say no, no or no, you, no. anything you say. Yeah, no, I no. saw what happened in 2017, and do you feel comfortable talking yeah, no. about it? Okay, I do. I think yeah, I think for me to piggyback off of what we're talking about, so my legacy became that. If I may, and if you want me to cut any of this out, no, just no. let me know. It had come out like you used the N word, and uh -huh. it was shouting out I think Osuna, and it was like yes. a, it was like a my homie. It was yeah, not it was like disparaging. Saying, I love this dude. But you know what? They got upset, they got and then upset, I yeah. think you were you were released. I think my exactly sent home early. That was their two shows early. I got sent home. Okay. Um. 
but I, you know, I understand and I know I was in the wrong and I'll never justify it and I'll never justify, but I will explain. Yeah. And that is just your cultural upbringing. You know, I'm Cuban, I'm Caribbean, you know, it's something that is still used in Miami by Cubans and Puerto Ricans in New York and, and in Miami in the East Coast. And um, it's not a justification. Like I said, it's just an explanation of where it comes from. And then that that's where my ignorance and where I fell short. But um big learning experience for sure and um yeah it's just one of those things that you wish never happened you wish you just shut your fucking mouth but i had to learn it and i learned it the hard way and i learned it in front of people and and that's what it is kind of yeah 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 oh how did you how did, it was tough yeah how did you it was deal tough with i wanted it? to like just let the earth open up and just swallow me whole yeah because you know i felt like yeah, the world had me under a microscope. I mean, it was everywhere. It was on TMZ. It was like it was like everywhere. And I was like, wow, me? Why why me? I'm I'm nobody. Why do people care so much about what They're I looking did? Looking for a story. You know? And I was like, Y'all never said anything when I was <laughs> the only female dancer on the tour, but now But, you know, it's it is what it is. It was that was meant to happen the way it, it mm. happened and um but it was tough. It was really tough. I felt like am I ever gonna recover from this? Are people ever gonna like see past it, you know, and I just had to kind of just wear it. And I talk about it all the time to people, and I never shy away from it. it it's something that was important to people in, in my life for me to learn and to grow, that if it hurts one person, that's enough. Mm. There's no need to say anything or to use a word that is offensive to somebody. Um, and that just is what it is. Obviously, I never, obviously, I didn't mean it in an offensive way, yeah. but if somebody was offended, then then I'll apologize for that. But um yeah, it's just tough. I feel like because one, I should have shut, shut my mouth. Mm. <laughs> I should have just taken down the post and just been like, oh, I'm sorry, whatever. But I felt like at the time I just was trying to defend like, no, I'm not. I'm not. And that's the worst thing I could have done. I should have just been like, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. And just moved on. But, you know, that ego came in and I just was trying to. But you don't understand because uh, uh, uh. And it's like there's nothing to understand. You shouldn't have said it. And that's it. So but it's just tough when, you know. I think about like artists like that really go because that's I mean for me it was a big deal but there's artists that go through worse things in front of the public eye and mm. I just feel like I can't even imagine what that's like because this for me was like traumatizing like the things people said to me was like oh my god I can't even imagine what real artists go through mm. but um yeah it was tough I mean I think it was the first time actually anyone's really in an interview asked about it oh snap Mm-hmm. I was debating. I was in my head because I'm like, does it no, serve yeah. anything? And I thought it, you know. It stopped me from jobs to this day, actually. Mm. I've gotten pulled from big opportunities because when you look me up, it's the first articles that you see that I was fired for saying the N-word. And so it's tough because I can't say it didn't do it. But right. I almost want to say, but I didn't mean it that way. But it's like, does that even, you even want to say that? And so I'm in this like weird limbo of like, there's nothing I can do. I said it and it was wrong. And then, ah, yeah. do you want to just like hold that over me forever? Or am I allowed to grow? Am I allowed to learn and be? That's where I feel like people don't leave room for that. You know, okay, I'm sorry. I did something wrong and I won't, I learn. But, but now what? Vibe did an article and they were like, it's interesting. Damn. I know. <laughs> they were like, it's interesting that these other articles are not mentioning that she's Cuban. And, mm. you know, that other Latin artists say it and no one has said anything. And I'm like... Uh, well, that is true, but it's like, you know, I'd rather just be like, you know, because I know what it is to have somebody say something offensive to you, you know, mm. 
And if 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 it's offensive, it's offensive, and then that's it. I'd rather just live in that than try and justify something that doesn't need to be justified. Um, but I think the hard part for me now is like, is that it stops me still. It affects me still with jobs, and it's tough. Like even my agents, like we've been trying to figure out like, how do we get? I don't know. How do we? How do we move past it? Mm. Because I booked a big movie as a choreographer mm-hmm. and I got released. I'm sorry. Like the dream job. Like honestly, my dream job. I booked it. Oh my and god. I got released because they must have like Googled me. From five years ago. And from five years, they Googled me and it's the first thing you see and then it's like, (sighs) ah, fuck. It's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get through that? That's, yeah. So so the good thing is like there are still companies that are able to like work with me and and people that, you know, we're not perfect and nobody's perfect and we're going to make mistakes constantly. That's not the first mistake that I'm going to make probably publicly. So... It's just as long as we allow each other to grow and we're honest when we apologize and yeah. we're honest when we know we did something wrong and we're able to move forward in a genuine way, then I think that's a healthy way to go about it. I don't want to keep you... Yeah, I no. appreciate how open you are also yeah, yeah. and willing to be vulnerable about it. And Yeah. I mean, I can't deny it and it's part of my journey, so... So moving on, <laughs> moving forward. Okay. When you're choreographing to uh-huh. reggaeton, like I remember I grew up, I was in a crew in Spanish Harlem and like that was one of the, like we would do dances and it would be a certain blend, but what's that blend of dances mm. that you put together to make choreography for it? For me, when I hear the music, I hear hip hop undertones, I hear reggae, I hear dance hall, I hear salsa, rumba. So I mix all those mm-hmm. based off of what the music feels like to me. So my base is hip hop, reggaeton mm-hmm. and then i add what i say is caribbean movement mm-hmm. whether that be salsa or rumba or little dance hall yeah so i say my my reggaeton choreo is hip-hop with caribbean movement oh that's dope have you yeah. ever felt like because growing up some of the music videos i saw were like super super booty booty oh yeah that's what it was <laughs> and then even before that it was like just whatever was of the time like they didn't the reggaeton dancers or choreographers or people in the community at the time weren't thinking of making a dance style mm-hmm. so they never really did mm-hmm. now it's kind of becoming its own thing but it still doesn't have the structure that house does or whacking does um it's just kind of like whatever the person that's creating to it or dancing to it feels mm-hmm. but there's no structure yet there is a dance that we do that's kind of like grinding it's called perreo and that might be the closest thing but it's not necessarily like i wouldn't teach that in a, in a class necessarily but it is important to to know latin movement or caribbean movement when you are gonna dance a reggaeton because that's the that's the note of the song is is all that Latin energy with the hip hop undertone. And then do you ever feel like when you're creating movements and choreography for it's a lot of male artists, you have like gorgeous women, mm-hmm. like where do you draw the line between right. sexy or raunchy or you're like, hey, like let's have this be raunchy, it's okay. Right. What how do you approach it? What are your views on that? I'm obviously like led by most of the time a creative director, but Typically, I don't do anything really raunchy. I'll do like some sexy stuff or, you know, booty stuff because it calls for it, Mm -hmm. the music. But now, like even with Maluma, they're not doing anything raunchy. They do like booty stuff and sexy stuff. But if anything, it feels like most of the show is like Latin and like like heels choreo with like jazz funk. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. But I try to not do that stuff because 
even management are like, yo, we're tired of the same thing. I'm like, yeah, but you're hiring the same choreographer. <laughs> and you're hiring the dancers that can't do anything but shake their ass. So what do you want me to do? They're tired of that? There's hope yeah, for they, the future? They say that, but then I'm like, but then when it comes down to it, they're still hiring dancers that are only equipped to shake their ass. So it's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you want me to do something different, but you hire dancers that can only do one thing. So I don't know what you want me to do. Literally. Are you that straight up when you're speaking to, like, the execs, or how do you... Uh, yeah. Well, really? the most recent conversation I just had was with the management of an artist, and then I I ended up getting released from the job. I'm sorry. But it's fine. I was... Honestly, I feel like the conversation I was having with that person, I was like, release me, please. <laughs> but that's why I'm having this conversation, because I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. I was straight up. I'm like, honestly, the dancers that you just picked, not it. So if you want the best, it's not who you just picked. So stop looking at me, asking me who I want, because you're going to pick whoever you want anyway, so... What has you be <sighs> at peace with letting the jobs that are not it mm-hmm. go? Because it's like, there's this natural thing, I feel. It's like, I need to say yes to everything. And I've learned totally. over the years to, like, let some things slide. You need yeah. what's for you. But what gives you confidence around that? I think because I don't have all my eggs in one basket. Mm. Because I have a dance studio that I opened up, because I do music, because I mentor, I have a training program, and I have my loyal artists that if this job is like not working, it's all good. And then I am of the religion of <laughs> what's meant for me will be for me and nobody could take that away. So I ride for that, for that like mantra, like ride. And because I believe it's so hard, whatever doesn't happen, it's all good. Wasn't for me then. I love that. And I just let it rock. Wasn't for me then. Literally was not for me. So it's all good. I don't think, well, why? What? No. It wasn't, it wasn't a me. good fit. I know because I've pushed through things that were not a good fit before. And right. sometimes it's at the sacrifice of too much. And then the right thing comes and you're like, oh, this is so much easier. It flows. Oh, we're all happy. Tight. This is what it was supposed to be. Can you tell me about your studio? Like, sure. The inspiration to start it, I know as a studio owner, I'm not at all a studio owner, but knowing people who own studios, of course. it's crazy. Like, it's a crazy responsibility. It is. I'm a one-man band. Really? Mm-hmm. You do everything. Mm-hmm. Dang. So how did the studio, that's a huge, I keep on saying it, but like owning a studio, people usually say, oh, so your next step is owning the studio. I'm like, no, I will rent the space. I'm not ready for that overhead. Yeah. Why not just rent space? Why did you open your own place? I started online in the pandemic, like mm, April, like two months into the pandemic. I was online. That was going well. Then I started to rent a space in Little Havana hourly, Fridays and Thursdays and Fridays. And I was like adding more days to the week. Eventually I was Monday through Friday, nightly classes. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I need my own space because it's going well. And um, I got a place in Wynwood, which is like our arts district. But the cool thing is before all that, I had a business partner who eventually had to pull out during the pandemic moment because, you know, it was a lot. But this person was so instrumental in helping me structure and budget and everything. So now that I'm a one-man band, I still was prepared. And it isn't so much. I have my work studies that work the front desk. I do graphic design, so I make the flyers. You do do graphic design? I do the flyers, I do the website, I do the Instagram, social media, the emails. If you call the studio, it goes to my phone. (laughs) it's the most oh my god but i'm so blessed the work studies that i have have become like family to me you know they work for free and they train for free but they're they're there monday through friday i mean right now i have classes going on right now and i'm like here and i'm like wow in los angeles yeah yeah the concept of that at first 
of like doing this mm-hmm. Oof, it's tough for me clearly because i'm doing hands everything. off the motion for audio is the hands off with everything right mm-hmm. so but it's been great honestly it's been a learning experience but i really love it and so it's been it's been really nice that's awesome two questions from that i want to hear more about your training program okay. and also because like dancers from all over the world are hearing this miami is a wonderful place also yeah. for the beaches culture it's beautiful i used to my grandparents lived there before they passed they lived in columbia before and then oh. they retired in miami i think in west palm they, west palm beach like yeah like in the 170s or mm. 190s up north up north yeah so i don't yeah. know if that's like five ten miles from south beach i remember that because i tried to when i was 15 i was like i'm gonna go to south beach now and i took the bus and it took forever oh my gosh that's far it was far that and then like far. i couldn't get into the club me and my friend oh my from God. high school we tried to get into the club and she was like whatever but she was like super gorgeous and looked older and it was just a hot mess and i remember taking the bus back at like 1 a.m oh my goodness wow that's so miami for you though. <laughs> Miami's full of those adventures. But Miami's dope. All that to say, like, I'm plugging Miami slash dreaming of going to Miami. So can you share about the training program? Yeah, it's called University. So my studio is called Cambio. Cambio means change in Spanish. Mm. And the motto of my studio is to be the change of Mm. the industry in Miami. Yeah, it's kind of like change the culture, change the mindset, change a lot of things that I felt needed changing. And it starts with the students. So the students as a community will change the larger industry mm. um and so the program is called university because i feel we're forever a student yeah and so that's the training program it's our it's like our college and uh we meet twice a week and shout out to antoine and kalani they actually helped me structure my studio and my training program actually very dope. it's based off of their program so yeah it's been really great i have dancers from argentina they're part of the program people fly in from different places of the world to, to train in the program and uh, we focus on foundational styles and performance because the Don't. point of the studio is, you know, industry. So Yeah. And then you know who they are and then maybe they audition for you and they can kill exactly. the choreography. And so exactly. it feeds into to actual work. Mm-hmm. And then what's your dream for the studio like five, ten years from now? I would love for it to be just like running on its own mm-hmm. <laughs> and me not have to be there all the time. And uh, no, I would love for it to just be kind of what Debbie's was for me. You know, Debbie Reynolds, for those who don't know, like one of the most epic L.A. studios, which closed down, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago now. It's crazy. It's like Harry Potter. This is what. okay, it's like Harry Potter. I feel like you have the four houses. Right. And right. You're like Gryffindor or Hufflepuff or whatever. And I feel like that's how it was with the studios before they all started shutting down. Like Edge, Debbie Reynolds, Millennium. This is before Team Millie. One studio would become your home. There was IDA Hollywood before it shut down. And so it was like Debbie's was my, if I were in Harry Potter and like had a house, it would be like the Debbie Reynolds house. That's true. That was mine too. That's where I did all my training. It's where I felt more comfortable. It's yeah. where, where I felt like the teachers that were there were like more aligned with what I wanted. Amen. And there's so much foundation at that studio too. And like the best of the best, literally all at once. I think my biggest regret I know is just not having, I didn't know that one day the studio was shut down, you know, was not taking more classes with more teachers. Although I know that it was really tough just being out here and like figuring out your first jobs while you're auditioning and getting your headshots, da, da, da. So maybe I was drained, but biggest regret is not taking more advantage of taking from those teachers. Right. Doing all of the different things that you do, what do you feel a purpose or unifying purpose is? What do I feel my purpose is? That's a big question. I think 
my purpose is is what the studio's purpose is and that's why it's called cambio is to to be the change in any environment that i'm in whether it's you know how i dress or the jobs that i book or the fact that people say you can't do can't be a dancer and an artist or you can't run a studio by yourself or you can uh, kind of like frighten the you can'ts or the norm yeah breaking the status quo being a change i think and showing people that you can do whatever the fuck you want to do Thank you. Because like real time also, that makes a difference for me. Because I do, I've always done like at least five different things and Mm -hmm. I felt really drawn and intentional, but it also makes it at least three times more challenging. Totally. Right? Because I'm never getting enough done because it's five different things. Totally. I've definitely heard, I still to this day hear like, don't you want to ease up, you know, or why do you work so hard? Do you ever get that? I get. No, totally. People say I work too much, but I honestly don't feel like it. I'm able to like structure my time nicely. Um, I'm, I do work every day, but... Seven days a week? Yeah. Do you I feel burnt out, or do you feel like... When I schedule things, when I overbook myself? Yeah. But that's on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm my own boss. I decide when I have privates. I decide when I teach class. I decide when I travel. You know what I mean? So... <sighs> so dope. It's on me. So it's not that the work is that I, my bad. Whoops, did too much. But I love that. Like, I'll look over and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Cultura, like, is doing all these different things, or... I look at that and I get inspiration. I've gotten inspiration from that since I was a kid. Looking at who is doing different things because I know I'm going to do different things at once. And getting also that validation. As much as we need to give ourselves our own validation, there's nothing like also looking over there and seeing someone else doing it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, figuring out the balance. Like I get there's something to it because part of my life. On one hand, like I grind and things have come out of it and I feel hell bent when, you know, when it comes to my purpose. But at the same time, there's so many years where I didn't have good friends. Like I was working so hard when and I was nice to people. But when shit hit the fan, I didn't have anyone that was like a deep friend. You you know, I had that, too. I went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Was it in L.A.? Yeah, in (laughs) L.A., yeah, Miami, too. It Mm. isn't until now that I feel like, oh, I have a. A little pod. Oh, was that during pandemic? Yeah, yeah, like in the last year. Mm. In the last year. That's beautiful. 2021. It's the first time at 30 years old that I feel oh. Oh, real people <laughs> that are in my life. Not for what I can offer them, but because they just want to be my friend. I love that. That's a tough thing, too, with being a choreographer, you know? So did that, like, did you, I already know the answer, but did you see a big change when you started booking more as a choreographer? So what is, like, what are some examples where you're just kind of internally like, oh, people, people think you can't tell when they're ass kissing. And Uh, I think that's really silly because it's really obvious. mm. And, um, yeah. So I'm going to ask a question about that. What's the difference between like, showing mad respect Uh right and being like listen i'm interested in working with you i think you're sure and and being on your p's and q's and ass kissing i feel like ass kissing is like not doing the work like you're commenting on my on all my videos you're gassing me up with your words when you see me you know whatever but you're not in class (laughs) and then you're not in class and then you're not in class (laughs) so what you're saying (laughs) you know what i mean yeah, a lot of people like, I hold an audition, then they come. Uh-huh. Or they see me out like, oh my God, I gotta get in your class. Or like they comment, oh my God, I'm so obsessed, la 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 la. I'm like, where are you though? Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? 
it's not how it works and so that to me is like a little uh. Uh. if you're if you're in class and you're consistent and you're there and you're in the training program and you're investing cool absolutely let's work but nah i've so been on the side i'm not condoning it i've been on the side i'm just telling on myself i've been on the side of um like i really want to take someone's class and it just never works out to take it but i also from like when i'm teaching i'm just like i don't need to know that you're gonna come if you're not gonna come so just come or don't but i totally understand also like back it up totally you're talking about if people are like i want to work with you and they're not yeah. showing up to class and also just like people being nice in general and i know they're talking shit oh you know just because they want to work they don't want to burn a bridge so they're just like fake with me and i'm like if you don't like me that's okay yeah but like, don't use me too, because that's mm. not cool either. You know, I am a person. You're also, a person. I'm a person, actually. I'm being. You know, yeah. I feel like people forget that when you're a choreographer. You know, they're like, oh, you're just like this thing that just like gives me money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like actually, person, <laughs> feelings. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's sad. I think sometimes it's easy to get so stuck in the hustle that you forget like there's a person in front of you with a whole life experience having mm-hmm. their day and, you know, be kind. Totally. All right. So quick rapid fire. Favorite movie. Liar, a favorite liar. Movie. liar, liar. <laughs> I got it. Fresh. That's so perfect. Liar, All right. Liar. Any like fashion trends or anything you've ever followed that you look back and you're like, what was I thinking? Uggs. You wore Uggs. With the Abercrombie skirt. When was this? When I was third. When I was twelve, middle school. Oh my god! I did the Uggs with the jean skirt and the Hollister shirt. Yep. I like how it keeps the on layer, building. The layer, the the tank top was like longer, so you would like here, and then the shirt was over, and so you had like a white thing, and then like the shirt, and then the jean Abercrombie acid wash, and then the the Uggs. Can you please provide this as like episode promo? Just, you know. I have so much blackmail on myself. <laughs> like, I think I was like 12 people in from the time that I was born to now at 30. I've changed so many times. That's so dope. Like, finding it. Finding it. But, um, oh yeah, I have a lot with my long hair. So many things. Your mom is a telenovela actress? She's, she's an actress, but she moved. we moved here because she got on an NBC soap opera, an, Amer- so an American soap opera. Dope. No, yeah, but she does also novelas, and um, now she's doing some Hallmark movies and stuff. That's so dope. What's something that you've gotten from your mom from watching her work or how she be? I think we have the same personality, actually. <laughs> like, You got I her mean, whole personality. You downloaded yeah. her personality. Yep, I got her, like, her sass and her... She's from Brooklyn. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yes, so Brooklyn, that's so gra- I don't, it's so gratifying for me to hear. But yep, that Cuban from Brooklyn, no fucks given. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I want to meet her. Is she in Florida? She's here. She, okay, I want to meet her. I want to yeah. do coffee with her. Okay. Yeah, she's a meditation coach too. Are you serious? Yeah. I probably need to connect. This is probably meant to be. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm having a moment because it's just so much. Like, last week was a weird week. I don't know if you believe in Mercury's and retrograde stuff. I don't know if I believe in it, but it was a weird week, and there was a lot of things happening, and I was realizing, yeah, things are always going to happen, but I can also work on my state of being so I can be more of a rock when mm. things are happening. Mm. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Uh, you should um, look more feminine. <laughs> worst thing someone told me. What's the best piece of advice you've been giving? Well, my mom used to tell me every morning. My brother actually got it tattooed on his arm. But it's be strong, be kind, take chances. Oh, I love it. 
She used to say it to me every morning when I got out of the car. Oh my God, I love that. What's the best investment you've made into your business? Cause you got it. Business isn't free. It is not. Like one of the best hurting. investments. Best investment was. Wow. What? Don't know. Fuck. <laughs> My merch, honestly. So much money off the merch. Yeah. People like the design, I guess. Dope. The design, like, so it looks like a university. Well, this is actually something of it. These are the sweats. I love it. But the shirt kind of looks like like a university crew neck. Mm-hmm. Like hotcakes. <laughs> Best investment. Yes. Okay, cool. And it's 200 years from now. Okay. You're chilling on a cloud. People are saying your name. What do you want to be remembered for? Whoa. I feel off of what people tell me that I um, change the way that they view themselves, I guess. Mm. Show them their inner strength. You know, not necessarily that I teach them something they didn't know. I just kind of remind them. Mm. Like the reminder of that it's, it's already in you. You already have it. I feel like that's kind of my legacy with my students it's kind of just bringing out what they already had i love that okay bonus question <laughs> here we go it is 10 years from now and we're meeting up where are we meeting up what's happening in your life and i don't want you to be realistic i want you to go into the dream of 10 years from now we're meeting in my penthouse in new york city by central park yes. and i have a show at the madison square garden doing mm-hmm. my music that's amazing and how are your friends How's your pod from 10 years ago? I probably bought them like their own little condo. <laughs> All together. Exactly. <laughs> and how's your love life? Great. Married. Oh. Any littles? No. That's what I call children. <laughs> littles. No fucking littles. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta normalize people doing what they wanna do. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. No guilt. Oh, hell no. Well, it's interesting because like I was having a a talk with a friend and there's so much pressure. I feel I'm in my 30s now and it's like I need to have children or else I feel like I've failed society. You missed a step in life. It's like, no. Like my friend, she's like clear that she doesn't want to have children. She loves children. She doesn't want to. I remember Oprah talking with Shonda Rhimes about it and they were talking Mm. about they feel like they love being auntie, but they do not want to be mother. And I feel like it's just... I, I believe like everyone's entitled to their path and I wish totally. there were more representations yeah. for what your 30s can look like, 40s and also as a woman, like it, you don't have to live, it's not sad if you don't have children, but I'm saying it because right now what I'm working, I'm up against is like all of this training of what I'm supposed to want. Yeah, I agree. I was just having this conversation yesterday really? actually. Yeah, because I was talking about that, not wanting kids and like society and you know. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful seriously i love kids and like that's wonderful love. yeah love kids auntie yeah and then how can people follow you and how can people support how can people connect with you my instagram is it's cultura and what else mm. so everything if they're like we want to train at cambio cambios is cambio studios is the is it's the all on your instagram. Yeah, it's on look, instagram it's on her page yeah but yeah people should come to miami and train we've got in one week we offer uh, popping, whacking, dance hall, house, hip hop, heels, reggaeton. That's so dope. I'm like already, I have a fantasy in my head of like going down, doing a bunch of interviews, training. That'd be dope. It's my dream. I'm putting out that, I want to start traveling with everything. So yeah. thank you so much for coming here. Seriously. Thank you. So that that is a wrap. Yeah. Yo, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. This was so much fun. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Each interview is really a journey and I learn a lot. So I can imagine you're learning something too from it, right? And we'd love to hear what that is. So take a screenshot, share about this episode on social media, media, (laughs) social media, even if it's just a cute emoji, tag us so we can thank you. Be sure to rate and review the podcast. Keep in touch. Remember, if you are interested in media marketing, in social media, we have an internship opportunity opening up. If you'd like to know more about it, just send an email to dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. And if you are looking to take your fitness to the next level, whether that is from level zero to level one from level four to level five getting your dance artistry even stronger i have my fit from home workouts up you can join by visiting my website gogalit.com g-o-g-a-l-i-t and clicking the online fitness course button oh yeah and i love keeping in touch follow me on instagram at gogalit go figure anyways we will see you next time a new episode comes out every other week and thank you for listening see you peace guys thank you so much for listening to our dance speak podcast for inquiries suggestions comments on your favorite guests or who you'd like to see on the show please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com that's d-a-n-c-e-s-p-e-a-k-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com and check back in next week for our latest interview thank you so much 